What is going on, everybody? We said we were going to be better about it, and we're keeping our word. You're tuning back into Bar Top Sports Talk, episode 58, coming at you. This is your host, Tina Bernal, with co-host. I'm going to throw out a different nickname this time. This is, this is a throwback to the old OPP days. If you, if you guys listening, I don't know if you guys know what that is. We ain't down with OPP, not the song. <laughs> now I'm talking about uh, my first job and one of Ryan's first jobs. No, my first job. Oh, it was? That was yeah. both of our first jobs. Okay. You remember the residents calling you Rye Guy? Mostly Brian. Brian, that too. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Brian. I didn't have the heart to correct him. We all know someone like that. That's okay. We hope everyone enjoyed episode 57. We hope you guys are having a good week. Second week of September. Is it is it officially spooky season? Or did we wait another week? Has it been spooky season? Since September 1st? About a month. About a month? Are you, so are you the type of person... I know there's a lot of people out there that are like this. And no judgment at all. I do like the fall. It's a very enjoyable time. But are you the type of person that say like mid-August, you start picking up that vibe? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever the first scary movie of the season comes out, I'm there. Oh, there's some there's some that are coming out pretty quick. Yeah. I think there's the the Nun. There's the that's already out. The Exorcist. That one. Yeah, that's next month. That one. I don't know. And then Saw. The Venice one. Whatever. I'm going to see that Friday. A Haunting in Venice. That actually looks pretty interesting. It doesn't look scary, but it looks like it'd be pretty entertaining. Yep. So I don't know. Maybe if you guys are listening, maybe spooky season. Maybe it starts in August. Some people it starts at the end of July. I mean, it's all year round. (laughs) Now that I don't know if I can agree with, but like I said, I'm a big fan. Second week, second week of September. You know, this is an exciting time because you have all the fall sports, of course. But I really do enjoy like the the like, for example, their old settlers day that happened last week in Olathe. They're like Turner days. If you're familiar with the Kansas City, Kansas area and you're from Turner, you know what I mean? But things like that, little carnivals, festivals, haunted houses, corn mazes, pumpkin patches, like the list goes on. Like it is, I love the fall. It is an awesome time. Chili. Chili, yes, chili season. Pasole. Oh my goodness, yes, I agree with you there. Okay, now before we get into the sports, sorry we're talking about fall a lot. Are you a pumpkin spice guy? No, I'm not that Caucasian. <laughs> no, not at all. Not even a little bit? No. I will say I do like some pumpkin spice things. Like, not not coffee. I'm not even a coffee guy, but pumpkin spice. Like, for example, at work the other day, we had these pumpkin spice cake balls. Now, if you like cake balls, I don't know. Yeah. They're pretty good. That sounds like it could be good. So, these were good. The only thing is it can't be overwhelmingly pumpkin spice, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. That's where we'll leave off with fall. I think, Ryan, you had a question for me later in the show about fall, though, right? Spooky season. Spooky season, okay. We'll get into that towards the end of the show. But now to preview episode 58. Week one of the NFL, man. How do we feel? It was wild. It was wild. There were some upsets. A lot of the superstars that you're anticipating, especially if you're in fantasy, they let a lot of people down. Like, there's a lot of stinkers across the board. We'll get into more of that. We'll give you guys kind of an up or a, not an update or a preview, a recap of week one. 
while also previewing week two, getting to some of the injuries and the power rankings. And the college football, we're into week three. We have the latest AP top 10. We're going to talk some more KU football. They're 2 0. We watched the second game. They played Illinois at Lamont's house. <laughs> Let's go. Big Mont. Shout out to him. Does he ever listen? No. What about Uncle Kenny? No. No? Damn, no. man. They got to show support, though. It's they're, cold out here. They're going to miss the shout outs. For real. We'll have that for you guys. Week three picks over the AP top 10 or AP, AP top 25. And then towards the end of the show, we're going to talk some more MLB baseball. I believe it's week 24. I said last week I didn't really know. It's either week 24 or week 25. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if one of you guys reach out to me, correct me. I'll come right into the next episode. <laughs> We're going to talk some more wild card updates, players of the week, some of the injuries. There have been some pretty big names that have gotten banged up. An MVP update. We'll have that for you guys. Royals. Uh, not really a whole lot going on. There was that moment at the end of August where they were really looking promising a lot of the young guys and they're stringing together some wins but i don't know that fire got put out pretty quick once it got into september pain yeah so that was that little update would be a little bit shorter but to start episode 58 off for the sports please nfl nfl rules all we saw that week one first things first the season opener obviously a disappointing loss for the kansas city chiefs but it was the highest viewed opening night game, I believe. I believe it drew in over 22 million viewers. It was either that or it was Monday Night Football. I can't remember one of the two. Monday Night Football, though, it was one of the highest viewed Monday Night Football games ever. So it was exciting. The primetime matchups, excluding... <laughs> Excluding the dumpster fire that was Sunday Night Football with the Giants and Cowboys. Uh. The primetime matchups were pretty good. The Jets and the Bills was an emotional roller coaster. We'll get into more of that in here in a minute. But just to quickly recap week one, obviously the biggest headline, Aaron Rodgers done for the season. And probably the most dramatic not not him being dramatic, but just that, like everything, like I mentioned, the the game between the Bills and the Jets was truly an emotional roller coaster. The way it started, his his introduction to him getting hurt, to then the Jets being down for most of the game, to then the Jets coming back, to then the Bills, like the list goes on. The Bills doinking in the game time field goal to send it to overtime, and then a walk off punt return by a guy that was a star on Hard Knocks. So that was a really cool moment for him. But yes, Aaron Rodgers, he, he's the biggest news in the NFL right now. Unfortunately, that, that I think everyone can find, kind of feels the same. And especially, we had that news of what Christian, what is his name, Christian? Or Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, what he said to Aaron Rodgers at halftime, what Aaron Rodgers said back. Oh, that's tough. That'll put a grown man in his feels. Yeah, well. So Garrett Wilson, he's an emerging star. He's a very exciting player to watch. He went into the locker room at halftime, obviously, to, to go see Aaron. And 
Aaron, all he could say, you know, sorry, kid. You know, don't, like, that's all I got. That's tough. That is tough, man. Especially for him. He did have an Instagram post today. From the from the sound of it, it seemed like he wants to give next year a go. And I was telling somebody, I, I kind of figured it would be that the competitor in him, obviously, the anticipation that went into this season, the anticipation of him possibly restoring the Jets, you know, it was there. The hype was real. They were going to be contenders this year, I believe. The additions they made outside of Aaron Rodgers, it was going to be much watch TV or must watch TV. So I think he knows that, and I think that he wants to to deliver on his end. Unfortunately, he won't be able to do it this season. But then again, he's also a smart. He's a smart man. I think he knows his body very well. I think he knows when his time is up. And who knows if he'll, maybe he changes his mind. We'll see though. Now, another headline that I thought was pretty interesting, and I started to notice it when my bets started failing me. <laughs> week one of the NFL season was the week of the Road Warriors. There were 10 away teams that went on to enemy territory and got, got a victory. That was the Detroit Lions, of course. Ridiculous. If you watch that game, you know that Kansas City had it. You know, we're on a week two. It is what it is. Tampa Bay won in Minnesota. The Jaguars won in Indianapolis. San Francisco thumped Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. The Vegas Raiders beat the Broncos in Denver. The Dolphins upset the Chargers in L.A. Eagles upset Boston, or the Patriots. They didn't upset them, but they beat them in Boston. Packers. I wanted to say this, too. This is another headline from week one. The Chicago Bears have a new owner. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think my fiance is gonna like that. Or some of the Bears fans. If you're a Bears fan listening. It was funny, my brother, he's a big Packers fan. We went and watched the game over there. Oh man, he was giving her hell. Oh, that's tough. But he, he shared something that was funny. It was almost like it was a deed to a home. And it was, it was it had Aaron Rodgers' signature on it, saying that he's passing it down to Jordan Love to become the new owner of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> scandalous, very scandalous. And those those were the road road warriors that won in Week One, though. I thought that was pretty interesting. One of the road teams laid an egg, though. The richest man in the NFL. Only came up with 84 yards passing. Actually, I think it was 81. I might be giving him credit. Joe Burr. Joe Shiesty, as you all like to call him. Where, where was all that swag at? Nowhere to be found. He left it in Cincinnati, apparently. That was a bad game. Did you watch it? That was more than bad. 14 of 31 for 81 yards. I just mean in general. I mean... Oh, His yeah. performance was terrible. I think there was like 12 punts in the first half. Yeah. It was pitiful. Cleveland wasn't much better, but their defense really elevated them. Cincinnati, though, the expectations that they have as being basically the second, if not third best team in the NFL. You have the number two best 
quarterback. I think you disagreed with that. You said Josh Allen's the second one, but. That was Kent. I didn't say that. I hate both of them. Okay, no, I agree. But just coming off of that major contract extension, the richest in NFL history, I believe it was five years, $285 million. Joe Burrow is going to be getting paid $55 million a season. And your first game after that signing that contract is four for 31, 81 yards. Granted, I think it's more karma. Talking trash before the game about Cleveland. Yeah. Did you see all that stuff? I didn't, but I mean, not a lot of people take Cleveland serious, so it doesn't surprise me. That just doesn't go well for them when they talk trash, though. It never does. No, it does not. That's why you got to stay humble, folks. Mr. Joe Shiesty. Burrowhead, my... You know what I'm saying. Jabronis. Yeah. That was the most disappointing loss, I think. Like, that that has to be up there. That The hype that they have, the offensive... We've heard nothing but about boy... Or, yeah, Boyd, Chase, Higgins, Mixon, Burrow, Orlando Brown. <laughs> Orlando Brown Jr. was wasn't necessarily a turnstile, but I saw a few of his reps. He was he was getting beat. He was getting ran on. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I was just I'm talking trash on Cincinnati. I gotta take, I gotta shine the spotlight off them. I just wanted to say like that was atrocious. I was embarrassing. Granted, the weather did play a little bit of a factor, but you got to play through it. Both teams played in it, though. Exactly. Tua and Tyreek. That was crazy. That was something special. Tua, Tonga Valoa, 466 yards passing. I believe he became, I want to say, top five in terms of season opening passing yards performance. I think he's up there with guys like Dan Marino, Peyton Manning maybe. You know, people people of that caliber. Very impressive performance from Tua. Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, 214 yards receiving. Absolutely unbelievable. Does it make you nervous for that Germany game? Not really. I'm curious to see how we contain that. McDuffie, buddy. Yeah, my... He can, he can only do so much. They also got another speedster out there named Waddle. We're not worried about that, dude. I don't know about all that one, buddy. But that was very impressive. The That was an exciting game, actually. The Chargers and the Dolphins. That was back and forth. It was high scoring, barn burner. It was that, had a college football feel to it, if you will. A lot of big plays. There were. Now you get into the kind of the, the bummer of week one. The injuries. Game of football always has those. Some that caught my eye. Jack Conklin, I believe. Can't remember which team he plays for, actually. He's done for the season. J.K. Dobbins is done for the season. J.K. Dobbins can catch a break. When he's, he- when he's healthy, the Baltimore Ravens don't use him because they're either using Lamar or another running back that's not as good as him or he's hurt. And he still has a very young career, but, man, I feel bad for him because he is a good running back. Cameron Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers is said to have growing surgery. 
that's a big blow to their defensive line. Although TJ Watt did have three sacks, I saw. Another Steelers injury, Deontay Johnson is likely out for week two with a hamstring injury. Lots of hamstring injuries to the start of the season. On some notable players, did you notice that? Yeah. Is I don't know, that is weird. It just seems like the past two years when they went from four to three like preseason games, it just seems like, I know they do like two joint practices now, usually, or most teams do, but it just seems like for whatever reason, it's just like the new trend. You almost don't want to play week one. I think that is attributed to why there's so much rust, maybe, from like the star players, as I alluded to at the top of the show. There were there were a lot of lackluster performances. And I think it has to be, again, it has to be attributed to lack of play in the preseason. I get why these guys don't want to be out there. I do, but at the same time, those reps matter. As much as they think they don't, obviously, I mean, you need to have that chemistry. You need to be in shape, first and yeah, foremost. Yeah, getting your body ready. So... That was a little disappointing. I mean, obviously, you don't want to see any guys get banged up, but some of these ligament injuries or soft tissue, things like that, like hamstrings, that's, those are things that, need, that can be built up over time. And if you're not doing anything, you, you know, you're going to be more prone to probably injuring those areas, I guess. I'm no sports doctor. I know a Dr. Pepper, though. <laughs> you're full of jokes today. That was a dad joke. I'm over here flat, and you're just killing it. That was a dad joke. Carolina, I, this is going to be a big blow. And if you have New Orleans defense and fantasy, pick them up. If they're, if they're on the waiver wire, pick them up. Carolina lost both of their starting guards in week one. And they struggled. They only scored 10 points against the Atlanta Falcons. So if you want some fantasy advice, if you were craving some fantasy advice while we were away, there's your first one of episode 58. I had Dallas on my bench. <laughs> oh, my. But that's crazy, though. 44-0 or whatever. I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting that from the Giants. I guess you would have hoped that it would be a little bit closer. But the Dallas, or I said the Dallas. Dallas plays the Jets at home, though. I like that matchup, too. I'm going with Dallas's D. Yeah, I would, I would, if you have Dallas's defense, you're riding with them. They're probably going to be one of the top five units in the league this year. That's where the injuries leave off. There's a long list of guys that are missing practice today. Usually that's, that's typical, though. I believe Wednesday is usually a day that players rest, if not Tuesday. Some guys take it off. Like if you're familiar with the quarterback docu-series that was on Netflix recently, Kirk Cousins had a, a man, basically a mandatory day off on Tuesday. That was for himself to rest and, you know, for family. So some of these guys have that, I guess, in part of their contract or something. So along with week one, the week one recap, I want your opinion. And there's been all kinds of hot takes. A lot of overreactions, of course. It's just one game. But I want to know, who impressed you the most during week one? Like individual player or team? Teams. It could be AFC or NFC. 
I don't know. That's kind of hard. I mean, I feel like shutting out an opponent at home, like in their home stadium, whatever you call it. I feel like that's pretty crazy. 44 to 0. Dallas. Probably that because, I mean, Daniel Jones coming off the contract to get Saquon back. That's right. I don't know. I'd say Dallas is up there for me for sure. Green Bay. I wasn't expecting Green Bay to necessarily blow out Chicago. I know that they, it's been a one-sided rivalry as of late, but I was not expecting that. I feel like Matt Stafford without Cooper Cup going crazy like that. That was another, yeah. I, I mean, say. don't get me wrong, it wasn't like mind-blowing stats, but I didn't expect that. I don't think a lot of people did. I like, you know it wasn't the most like popular like upset pick or anything, but. I mean, putting 30 points up on the Seahawks when, in, in a year that everyone's, or not everyone, but in a year that the Seahawks are kind of a popular pick to win the NFC West, that was pretty shocking. I picked Seattle. I thought they were going to win because I, didn't, I don't think much of the Rams' offense. They have no running game. You know, is Stafford going to be 100%? What's, what's their passing game like without Cooper Cup? I mean, you know, they, they shut up a lot of people. I think another one, the 49ers, what they did. I mean, if there was any question if they could be a team that could get back and be Super Bowl contenders again, I think that they are going to continue to answer that. And I think week one was a, you know, just a preview of that. Because a lot of people had a lot of things to say after that NFC Championship game against Philly. Obviously, they weren't fully healthy. So I think they're coming back with a vengeance. What about Tampa and Minnesota? Baker Mayfield. Who's a hooper? Baker Mayfield getting it done against Kirko Chains. <laughs> You're on it today. You like that one? This isn't even scripted. This is just off the dome. You like that? Yeah. Well, no pun intended. If you got that. Dude, you're on it. Kirk Cousins, you like that? I like that fun. That's where we'll leave off with week one. I know you guys want to hear about week two. We're going to get into week two power rankings. This is according to NFL.com. We have, and I think this is no surprise, after the performance they had, San Francisco 49ers number one. Uh Uh-oh. Click the wrong button. On air, oops. My power rankings were per ESPN, so. Oh, yeah, I didn't let you know. I apologize. We might have some discrepancies. I probably should have asked. That's okay. So, NFL at least, San Francisco number one, Kansas City number two. I'm surprised they kept them that high. A lot of people were ready to write them off. Philly number three. They slid a spot that were number two last week. Dallas moves up two spots to number four. Honestly, I'd probably put Dallas above Philly right now. But, I mean, again. That was a terrible performance by Philly. I know that was still week one and we're moving on, but that was terrible. That's why, yeah, that's why I would put Dallas above them. Miami in the top five. I agree with that. Detroit at number six. They move up five spots to get into the top ten. Okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars move up to number seven after being number nine last week. Buffalo slides five spots to number eight. The New York Jets are at number nine after being number 10 last week. I'd probably have the Jets over the Bills after that game. 
And then the Baltimore Ravens, they slid three spots after beating the Houston Texans. They're at number 10. They round off the top 10. They were another team that didn't really impress. I know they won 25 to 9, but again, slow start. Slow start. They just piled it on at the end. All of the hype that's been surrounding Lamar Jackson with his contract, all the weapons that Baltimore added, a new offensive coordinator, the expectations are high. Everyone's on the Lamar hype train saying that, you know, this season's going to be different. Well, he goes out and throws for 169. Basically, it's not terrible. It's not great. That's just Lamar Jackson. He's not going to throw for 200 yards every single game. You know, but his legs, I don't know. He didn't even run efficiently either against Houston. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I sound like a hater, but. I mean, they didn't really beat an impressive team, but they beat the team in front of them. So, I guess that's all you can ask for. But it, it's not like anything stood out. Like, what could you take away from that game moving forward? I think that's the point that I was trying to get at. Now, what did ESPN have? Uh, it was basically the same. Just kind of flip-flopped some people around. I mean, they had number one, San Fran. Number two, Philly. Three, Kansas. Four Dallas, five Miami, six Baltimore, seven Detroit, eight Jacksonville, nine Buffalo, ten Los Angeles. They didn't even have the Jets in there, but I think they're kind of going off the who the starting QB is now. I think even then, if 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 I was going to say Mac Jones, not Mac Jones, if Zach Wilson can figure things out and at least be be Brock Purdy. Be Brock Purdy. You don't have to do a whole lot. You have a team that's built to win. I think they proved that. That defense is something nasty. That offense, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Are you kidding me? Brees Hall? Product of Wichita, Kansas? Mm. That dude was killing, man. So, that's week two power rankings. We'll see if that there's some more shakeup after week, after week two in the slate of games. Now we're going to get into some fantasy talk before we get into some Chiefs talk. How, after week one, Ryan, how are you feeling about your fantasy teams? I don't know, man. I'm 0-1 in both. I was going to say, I saw you take a couple of L's. Uh, it was bad, man. I mean, obviously, you know, Kelsey's out. That's going to hurt. Mahomes with the pick six, that hurt. It was just one of those. I try not to panic too early. It is only week one. But my bets did well. That's all that matters. So, hey, yo. I mean, it is embarrassing. My girlfriend scored more than me. And she brought that up. Which team is she? I think it's her name. I don't know. She's in your league that you're the commissioner? Yeah, she played Unk. What? How did I miss that? She lost because Josh Allen, she had Buffalo's defense. Oh, I don't see it. Maybe it's, I don't know. I'll have to go back and check. That's unfortunate, though. I mean, you're kind of already. I can't remember how many targets Higgins had. Oh. But they didn't have a single catch. Joe Burrow was terrible. Drake London, if you had him. It was just awful. If you started Kadarius Tony, 
feel sorry for you. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, my tight end was, what was his name for the line? Laporta or whatever. They're like, he did okay. They were basically like splitting snaps. He did okay, though. I mean, for the times that yeah. he caught the ball, he did all right. I mean, for a last-second pickup to get you 8.5 or 9.5, whatever it was, I mean, you can't complain. I mean, that's why the experts say don't draft a tight end number one. But, listen, Kelsey, Taylor's version, dude. Had to do it. <laughs> nice. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my new team name, by the way. Okay, I see, I see what you did there. Now, not to throw it in your face or anything. But your boy did go three and one in my four leagues. You didn't play against me. Why would I? Why would I be mad at that? <laughs> I'm rooting for you until you play me. Fair enough. I was victorious in three out of my four leagues. There was one league that I was in where I was down by, I want to say over twenty points, in the sleeper app. It was the PPR league. Came back from the dead. And pulled out a victory. This dude had Tua as his quarterback in the afternoon cool. slate. So, yeah, he, he got a head start. But I came back with Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook, I want to say. Uh, the catches is what did it. Stephon Diggs had just enough catches to where he boosted my points. And I won by, I think, like point seven or something. Ooh. Yeah, it was clutch. It was clutch. That's nerve-wracking. So, a good first week for me. Ryan, things will get better. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Championship bound. Chiefs started 0-1. I'm not worried about it. Exactly. Bounce back time. I hope you all made your waiver wire claims. There's some good good players out there. Special teams and kicker. I feel like those are always positions that you can stream every week if you don't have Dallas or if you don't have San Francisco or Philly or New England. Defenses like that. There's always options where you can stream a defense. May not always go well, but there are options out there. Same with kicker. Now we'll get into some Chiefs. Where do we start, man? That may obviously be the big one. I'm still a little upset about week one, but we said we're moving on. Chris Jones officially signed his deal where the, him and the Chiefs agreed to a deal. And it's not... It's not an extension that everyone thought it was going to be. I don't think it was the extension that he thought it was going to be or his agents, the Cats brothers. I think they look foolish now. Yeah, they fumbled the bag. And Nick Wright pointed it out. The agents didn't lose money on that. Chris Jones is the only one that lost money on that. And he's eventually going to have to pay them. He sat out for no reason. Essentially. It was just goofy. Like, why? Then he was at the game. I know he said we're moving on to week two, but then he was just there chilling. Like, what are you doing? That's just a distraction. That's corny. I don't like it. But, hey, he's back. He's back. I mean, we're glad to have him back in the building. Obviously, I'm sure the coaches are, the players. It's one less distraction. So it's good. So he, the Chiefs essentially, Revich did this. What he did, instead of adding a year onto his deal, they basically basically reworked this year's deal. So he's still a free agent next year. So he was due, I think, just under $20 million this season. And they incentivized it to where he could potentially reach $25 million, Which I think the Chiefs originally offered him anyway. $25 million a season or $27 million a season. 
Chris Jones wanted 28 or more. So, I mean, I think he, like I said, I think he got bad advice from his agents. They look stupid. He probably needs to fire them after this year because they did him zero favors. And they just look sketchy. They look like Batman villains, like a Batman (laughs) cartoon. It was just, it was uncomfortable to even see them in the box. Yeah. What is that about? Why were they there? But, I mean, in his press conference today, he said he wants to be a Chief for a long time, so maybe they can figure something out. So there is the opportunity that the Chiefs still can work out a long-term deal with him. The likelihood of it, I just don't know. He's going to be 31 next year. I think his, his expectations have to change. I mean, we lost, but our defense played pretty well. What, we gave a 14? 13, something weird like that. Forced the turnover, yeah. They were they were opportunistic. We were still getting pressure. Like it wasn't great. Obviously, we missed him, but I mean, it wasn't like wow. I think with this coaching staff, we're always going to be in position to win, regardless of who's out there. And when you have fifteen, it helps as well. Yeah, QB one. So he get, he gets the essentially a one year twenty five million dollar deal. They had to rework Joe Tooney's contract for this season. They restructured it. So I believe they converted something into a signing bonus or something like that. And it created $8 million, but that essentially went to Chris Jones. And before we get off Chris Jones, he occurred over $3 million in fines during his holdout. And, and that was before missing the Detroit game. I know that was after. Oh, I thought they said it was before. No, it was after. I think he was just, he was getting close, but now he's over three mil. So he he loses $3 million, which is a a lot of money. And he's potentially only going to get five. So really he's only getting two million. Yeah. If the contract, like talk was really that close, that just looks weird now. Doesn't make sense. I don't know. I mean, I know we don't know what, was going on behind closed doors and everything, but but then remember before the game, it was either his agents or it was him that said that they haven't talked to the front office in a week and a half. I think that was baloney. I'm just call it that. But I mean, it's over and done with. He's back. We get him back against Jacksonville, which is huge. Travis Kelsey looks like he'll be back. He was able to get through a workout on Saturday with no discomfort in the knee, no swelling, nothing like that. So that's really good news. The Chiefs, they'll be at full strength. There's really no excuse at this point. There wasn't really an excuse last week. They they had the game won, but again. (laughs) It's just kind of a freak thing, you know. We always have at least one or two games like that. I mean, Indianapolis last year, I'm sure a lot of people remember that game. But Travis Kelsey not only is coming back for week two, he's coming back in a big way. Now, you kind of hinted at it with your team name. So everyone everyone knows about how Travis Kelsey shot his shot to Taylor Swift during the, her concert tour. Tried to. Tried to. Didn't necessarily work out, but in due time. All things. I hope it's true. I'm just saying. The rumors have been circulating that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are reportedly dating. Yeah, the concert was like July 28th or July 29th, whatever, because that was at the Saturday show when they went. I was like, what, like a month and a half ago? Yeah. Why would the rumors just start now, you know? You'd think, like, if it was just, like, BS, the rumors would have started, like, a month ago, you know? 
He's a legend if he is. I hope he is. I don't care if it's a rumor. I will hold on to it forever. Do you do you also feel like you're a part of it too because you were, you know, in attendance for the concert? I was on a different day. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. I'm not a Swifty. <laughs> okay. So now as we get into the preview for the Jacksonville Jaguars matchup in week two, after seeing what happened last Thursday, what do you think needs to change ahead of this game? We need to catch the ball. (laughs) Yeah, that's the obvious one. Literally just that. I mean, what? I don't think Mahomes was sacked at all, right? Or was he sacked once? No, but the O-line gave up a little bit of pressure. Obviously, Jawan Taylor needs to be better. It was the freak pick six. I mean, the defense still played decent. They just have a lot of weapons. We've got to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Got to play smart. Have confidence. Just I think, leave week one behind us. Yeah. I think the defense, and especially Steve Spagnola, needs to be aware of teams that are going to go forward and fourth down against us. Mm-hmm. I think that key fourth and one where the Lions ran a fake punt obviously got it through a sneak up the middle converted which was insane because it was on their I believe 17 yard line early in the game they did not need to do that but Dan Campbell rolled the dice teams are probably going to try us on that and you know if we take that one play away and they turn the ball over you know that's that was his 14 play drive, 90 yards where they scored on. That was huge. I know people are going to look at Kadarius Tony, but that play doesn't get brought up enough. That took the air out of the defense. Just that was just pitiful. Well, they they rebounded after that, but yeah, that they, I just mean like on that drive. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are killers for a defense that had momentum. It was a momentum killer. So yes, catch the ball. I'd suggest the receivers probably go buy some stickum. Take a page out of Jerry Rice's book. I mean, hopefully it helps. I think again, Jawan Taylor, he can't be doing what he's he was doing. I know he's on our team, and I'm I'm a fan of football first though, and I don't like that because I don't like the Chiefs to be involved in any. Uh, I guess ref favorites favoritism you know things like that any controversy i don't like the chiefs to be around that when i when we win i want us to win legitimately and i don't want anybody to have any doubt because then I, I just hate the haters that talk i think the biggest adjustment we need to make just don't play clyde as much well he didn't practice today but yes i agree with you good hopefully that he just doesn't play at all I think get your McKinnon more involved. That could help run the football more effectively. I think we averaged as a team outside of Patrick Mahomes scrambling. I want to say they averaged maybe two yards, maybe, maybe three yards per carry with Clyde, Pacheco, and McKinnon. Not going to get it done. You have to, you can't have Patrick Mahomes be your leading rusher. That's just, it's just not going to be sustainable. You're not going to. How many win. times have we had to say that though? Yeah. It's embarrassing. It is. Because in part of it's coaching, which I think coaching really lost the game, along with drop passes, of course. But, yeah, just not adjusting. The old, the old line, 
at that point, it becomes pride. It has to become pride. You know, you're matched up one-on-one in some of those blocking schemes. I couldn't tell you what they all are, but I'm assuming you're going to try to kick the man's ass in front of you. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to be fired up on Super Bowl banner night, whatever you want to call it, the unveiling, the celebration, like, I don't know what else is going to hype you up other than getting embarrassed. Because especially in the run game, you know, that's when you get to physically hurt people. Because passing game, you're more so, you know, waiting for them to come, but you're also staying ready. The old linemen are going to shoot their hands. But in the run game, they're going downhill. They're, that's where you can be violent. I have that dog in you, man. Again, it's about pride. Set, yeah, the, set the tone with the run game. So, I mean, those are the things that really caught our eye. I'm sure a lot of you listening as well. And that leads into week two. Keys to victory. What do we need to do to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, Ryan? From an offensive standpoint. Catch the ball. Don't play Clyde as much. I think it's literally that simple. I don't want to be a hater because I know like he's on our team like that, but if he's not going to protect Patrick Mahomes, he's not going to run the ball hard. You saw that, or we were talking about it, that meme that circulated after the game, that giant gap. Like, come on, man. How are you going to play football and be scared to get hit? His vision was not good on that play. He's just always scared to get hit. It's weird. Like, they talk about players, like, avoiding hits and stuff, and I've never seen it more in a player than that dude. It's weird. He's a pretty stocky guy, too. He's built. It makes me angry because McKinnon's out there. That dude, he's not letting anybody get to Mahomes. No, he's a great pass blocker. Anyone. Like, you can, like, look up his highlight reels of just pass blocking alone. He's a running back with pass blocking highlight reels. <laughs> and they're like, nah, we're going to put Clyde in. Why? I know I'm not a coach, but that's just ignorant. I don't know if we're still trying to maybe try and like move him later on in the season. I don't know if maybe Pacheco's still not 100%. Uh, or if we're just trying to have like just more variety. Because I know when McKinnon came in, that was the question. Like, can he stay healthy? I don't know if we're trying to preserve him a little bit. I, I, I don't know. I do agree with you. I think he needs to be third on the depth chart. I think he needs to be out. He, he, he doesn't belong on a football field. Oh, wow. He doesn't. Like, and I haven't even, like, there's no one that defends him either. I mean, I have a little, I give you a little bit of pushback, but I mean, I, I agree with you to, to a sense. No, it's embarrassing. I think, yeah, take the ball out of his hands less. Don't run jet sweeps on short yardage. Short yardage, the keys to victory, along with Ryan's points. Our short yardage plays, we're getting too predictable. You can't just keep running Blake Bell up to the line, trying to draw them off. Either he's going to take it up the middle, or you're doing a Jeff sweep now. That, and I'd say don't force feed Kadarius Tony the ball. And not to say that he won't redeem himself after last week, but there's just no need. You have other guys that you can get involved in the offense. There's no need to force feed one guy. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's a, he's a solid player. I think when he's on his game, he's a solid player. I think sometimes we just try and get too cute with it. Oh, absolutely. That's the only way I know how to phrase it. Defensively, what are our keys to victory? You got to pressure Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be tough. They're off. They had a crazy game last week. 
their offense, their offense is scary. And I know we played them twice and we beat them twice. And honestly, we held that offense in check. But this is now, that that group, this is their second year together. And they've played our defense now twice. They know our, they know our schemes. They know our tendencies. And you also add Calvin Ridley to the mix. Like, it's really pick your poison. You could either try to focus on Calvin Ridley, but then let up on Christian Kirk. You could focus on him, or then you let a guy like Zay Jones. Zay Jones, a lot of people sleep on him, but he's decent. He's a decent number three. Evan Ingram, he's kind of a matchup nightmare at tight end because of his athleticism. And then Travis Etienne at running back, he's good. I think back to your point earlier about how more teams are going to go for it on fourth down against this. They got to beat us. They're going to have to make one of those. And more teams are going to do it. And I think that's what they're going to have to try and do to beat us. So we're going to have to try and. Uh, I think it's going to come down to our secondary. Our secondary has to be able to cover the, these receivers. Because their passing game, it's improved. Trevor Lawrence, I think in year number three as a starter, is a lot more confident now. He has a good supporting cast. So I think it really starts there. Chris Jones being inserted into the lineup. What will his will he be on a snap count? Because I doubt he plays the whole game. Just given the fact that you have to get back into shape. You have to get acclimated to that style of play. So I think the passing game. Rushing wise, I think we do a decent job limiting the run. The teams will get their yards on us. But this is a resilient defense, and they come up in big spots. Like I said, they're opportunistic. They're not going to shut the offense down. I don't think they've ever really done that, excluding a few games. But they do a good job of stepping up when a big play needs to happen. And they did a decent job containing David Montgomery for most of the game. They did a decent job for not really letting Jameer Gibbs go off. Had him on my fantasy team too, but and he looked I know promising. That's not relevant, but <laughs> still upset about it. I like him; he's a good player. But I think that if you can limit their run game, because containing Travis Etienne is going to be a task. He's not all world, not yet. I think he has the potential to be, but really, what you say, getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. I think that's what we did the two games last year when we played him in the regular season, and then in the postseason. I think that's one thing we were able to do pretty well. And again, we limited Travis Etienne in those games. He didn't really he wasn't much of a factor. So get a lead early. Play mistake free football. Try and take the run away. Yeah. Put, Put up points quick. Have to take care of the football. And I think we did a good job of that mainly minus the interception. The Chiefs are the only team that can beat the Chiefs. I've said that to a few people over the past week, and if it doesn't make sense, it's really as simple as what I said. The Chiefs are the only team that can beat the Chiefs. Meaning, if they play, if they turn the ball over, and if they have a lot of penalties, if they get too cute, that is when we lose. But if we play mistake-free football and we're on point, there's not very many teams that can beat them. It's just who would have known Thursday night, like when that game happened, how upset everybody was, at least at least in Chiefs Kingdom. 
So we got Friday, Saturday. You're hearing about it on all the sports shows, all the podcasts. And then Mahomes didn't even have the worst performance. Nowhere near. But nobody talked about anybody else playing terribly. I saw that. I think that's kind of funny. Even in a considered a down game for him, his down game is still better than Joe Burrow. It's still better than Josh Allen. Yeah. And I think that's pretty telling. Yeah, I'm going to pray for Josh Allen, dude. I know, <laughs> I know we're moving on, but I am worried about that dude. That he, Yeah, we'll get into him. So we'll get into week two picks. Chiefs and Jaguars in Jacksonville. Kansas City has to rebound. We're three and a half point favorites. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game. There, that's a team that's gonna be a division winner. I think I believe. I know you said Tennessee, but I think I think Jacksonville's a legit team this year. Chiefs. What is that even a question? Oh, that's why I was looking at you crazy. I was like, huh. First Thursday night matchup of the season, the first official one on Amazon Prime Video. Philadelphia six point favorites. Eagles and Vikings. I'm going Eagles. It's in Philly. I know it's a short week for both of them and they're banged up, but I'll go Philly. I'm going to go Vikings because I think this is one of those random games. Kirk would just go brazy. Just out of nowhere. What'd you call him earlier? Kirk O'Chains. <laughs> yes. That's what they called him last year after all the, the videos. So yeah, Josh Allen, the Bills. How did they respond in week two at home? See, home opener against the Las Vegas Raiders. They're nine-point favorites. I don't know if they cover that. I'm going to go Buffalo. Bro, do I need to be writing these down so we know? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going Buffalo, but Josh Allen, there needs to be a conversation. I believe he has the most turnovers in the NFL. With over 80, with over the last four seasons, I want to say. Did you see since, oh God, I got to pull this up because when I saw it, I didn't believe it. I thought it was fake, so I had to double check. I know it was Nick Wright who tweeted it out. I think I might have sent it to you, but I thought it was fake. I thought there was no way it was real. Because just listen to this, since week one of 2022, Josh Allen has played 19 games. He has 20 interceptions and 17 fumbles in those 19 games. And those are just the 17 fumbles that he lost. Like I said, there needs to be a conversation. That guy, he's... Almost two turnovers a game, dude. He's unbelievably talented, but that guy is his own worst enemy. He makes some of the most bonehead plays I've ever seen from a quarterback. But at the same time, he makes some of the most spectacular plays that you'll ever see. Mahomes broke that dude. It truly doesn't make sense because I know Mahomes Mahomes has a similar play style. Josh Allen's a little bit more athletic. But Mahomes takes care of the football. And I think that's what separates him from Josh Allen. Well, I think we talked about it last week, but remember how I know we t- I think we mentioned it or maybe we talked about it before how the coach said that Josh Allen needed to be more responsible running the ball. Josh Allen said he wanted to take less hits. That dude was out there getting suplexed and stuff, dude. Like, you're a big dude. That's almost just as bad as being a small dude taking hits like that. He was trying to what jump. What are you doing? <laughs> you're trying to hurdle dudes out there? That, that play sticks out to me. He like, was, bruh, he, he was five yards short of the first down. And tra- like, that hurdle stuff, that worked like five years ago, dude. That stuff doesn't really work like that anymore. That, yeah, that was 
What are you doing, dude? <laughs> oh, man. Baltimore and Cincinnati. Cincinnati's three and a half point favorites. Games like this can decide that division. And I had Cincinnati as the favorite. After the way they looked, I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore upset them. And I think I'm going to go Baltimore in Cincinnati. I'm falling behind here. So we had Chiefs, Jags, Eagles, Vikings. What was the third one? Raiders, Bills. Who did you pick? Buffalo. You want to roll the dice? I'm going Raider. He's gambling with Vegas. I like it. And what was the next one? My fault. Ravens, Bengals. Where's it at? Cincy. Home opener. They get to raise their second place <laughs> AFC runner up. That's embarrassing. I don't know. I'm going Ravens just because I think it'd be funny. Chargers, Titans. I think Chargers rebound. Best your team, Titans. Go Chargers on that one. Packers, Falcons. I'm going to go Packers. Packers. Seahawks and Lions. Seahawks were another team that disappointed in week one, as I mentioned. The Lions, they're riding the emotional high of beating Kansas City. It's their home opener. This, this is the, I want to say it's the most season ticket holders that they've had in decades. It's supposed to be a sellout crowd. I'll go, I'll go Detroit. I think they keep it going, even though they got lucky. I'll go with Detroit. Indianapolis and Houston. This is truly a toss-up game. It's a dumpster fire. It is a good thing this is a 12 o'clock game. Well, and then the Colts, they lost one of their running backs too, didn't they? Yeah, that was the guy that I you know drafted. I know they were trying to, trying to do like the running back by committee type thing after the Jonathan Taylor disaster, but... Evan Hole, I think you drafted him in one league. Yeah, I did. Tough first week. It was late, late. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Still a great pick. It just didn't pan out. (laughs) I can put him on my IR. I'll go Indy. Anthony Richardson surprised me against Jacksonville. I'll go Texas. Texas forever. Yes, sir. Chicago and... Tampa Bay. Chicago is another team. The expectations were a little bit high. I don't think people were expecting them to be, you know, Super Bowl contenders by any means, but people were thinking Justin Fields could turn into something special and have a breakout season. He still very well could. That offense, it all starts with that offensive line, and their play calling is not great. They were just so dysfunctional in week one. They're going to Tampa. Baker forever. Putting my pick in now. I don't like it, though. I don't, I, I'm not sold on Tampa. Tampa still has a few of their big-time players from the Super Bowl run, but I'll go, I'll, I'll go Tampa. I don't like it, though. Giants and Cardinals. I'm going Giants. Yeah, Giants, I guess. I don't like either of them. Rams and 49ers. Might be a good game. I'm going Niners all the way. After last week, I'm going to definitely go Niners. They they were impressive. Jets and Cowboys. 
Do the Jets upset Dallas in Dallas without Aaron Rodgers? I'm going with the boys. The Cowboys? I hate it, but they're going to kill that. Yeah, I think so. Zach Wilson is going to be in trouble. The Jets' offensive line was not very good. I mean, that was part of the reason Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the first place. So, yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys. The Commandos and the Broncos. This is a trash game, too. Where is it at? Denver. I'll probably go Denver. I'll go Commandos. We need Denver to lose. Dolphins and Patriots in New England. That's Sunday Night Football. I just don't, even though I know what the Patriots were able to do like to Philadelphia, even though they lost, but I don't think they have, I don't know. Philadelphia has a lot of weapons too, and they were able to limit them a lot. That game was not a necessarily torrential downpour, but it was really wet because of the rain. So, I mean, I think that played a factor a little bit, but, but both teams had to play in it. And you said it's where? In New England. I don't know. I think Bill Belichick and that defense, you can never count them out because he's a great game, game planner. I'll go Dolphins. I wouldn't be surprised if they got upset, though. I'm going to go Pats since it's at home. Monday Night Football, the double header. Second week. First one's on ESPN and ESPN2. I think they should just have it ESPN and ABC. I like, to, I like getting to watch it on ABC since I don't have cable yet. Saints and Panthers, the first Monday night game. Not a good one. I'm going to Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go Saints for sure. Like I said, if the Saints defense is still there in fantasy, pick them up. You'll, you'll be thanking me. Browns and Steelers. The is the closer for Monday Night Football Week 2. Where's it at? Pittsburgh. I'll go Browns. Well, in Pittsburgh, I don't think they're going to go out like that again. Yeah, they got to redeem themselves. That was embarrassing. That's probably one of the one of the more ugly losses in Mike Tomlin's stint there. We'll keep it gridiron. College football. Oh. Week three AP top ten. This is how it looks, ladies and gentlemen. We have the Georgia Bulldogs still number one. Michigan Wolverines number two. Florida State number three. Texas Longhorns number four. After a big, big, big win in Tuscaloosa. You rolled with them. Yeah, I did. I bet against them. Texas, though, shocked everybody. They're now in the, in the top four for the college football playoff. Well, it's not, they're not doing those rankings yet, but if they can keep it there. USC, they haven't really played anybody, but they're at number five. Ohio State, number six. Penn State, number seven. Washington, number eight. Still, that's, they haven't played anybody either. Notre Dame, number nine. They're a pretty strong team. I watched a lot of their game against NC State. And then Alabama slides to number 10. I think Alabama, this Alabama team, it's always once every, I want to say maybe four years, 
where they kind of have a down year. I think everyone was hyping up Jalen Milrow. I'm not really sold on him. I think quarterback plays what stood out to me. It just wasn't there like what it has been. I know they show the gra- the graphic of like all the Bama QBs that have been drafted, and I know some of them haven't panned out as well as they had hoped, but I don't know, man. It was a low-scoring, awkward game, and then out of nowhere, Texas just went crazy in the fourth. I think they outscored them like 21-8. to eight. Yeah, something like that. That's how it was kind of last year in their mm-hmm. meeting in Austin, but it, it, it didn't end up being more one-sided in the second half. It was, it was something crazy, like there was like in like a seven or eight minute like game clock span or however you phrase it. There was like five touchdowns scored or something crazy. Four. It was something crazy. They were impressive. I think that's a big statement, especially before they go into the SEC next year. I mean, Bama shut them out in the third quarter. I mean, it was just not a very exciting game to watch at all. And then the fourth quarter, it just went crazy. What do you think about Colorado going two and zero? I think the biggest takeaway, I know they beat TCU and TCU was ranked, but they lost some people from their great year last year. They were just more athletic. Like in week two. Oh, Nebraska is terrible. I just can't wait to see what happens when they play a team that is just as athletic with as many top recruits as they have that's also well coached. Like Oregon and USC. Yeah, it's not like they're going to be tested this week. I think they're like 23-point favorites. They're playing Colorado State. Like The media hype that they're getting, though, it's unbelievable. Have you thought the turnaround Kansas had last year was getting a lot of national attention? Colorado right now, they're everywhere. Yeah. I believe that they're getting big noon Saturday to go there again. If you're not familiar with that, that's Fox. They're... Uh, Sports broadcasting is going to be there. I believe ESPN is going to be there. I believe they're even having 60 minutes there. They're going to interview Deion Sanders. That's just starting to get ridiculous. Do you see the corny stuff? Each win, he just starts to say more and more corny stuff. The unfortunate thing is that they're making it more about him rather than the team. Yeah. And that's not how it necessarily was with Lance Leipold. Obviously, you're going to give some credit to the coach for you know, completely turning the culture around for that program. But you got to acknowledge the players, too. And while we're, while we're talking about the players, Shador Sanders, I know everyone's riding the wave right now. He's had nice stats the last two games. But if you truly watch that game against Nebraska, he was not very good. You got to look beyond the box score. No, I would agree. I, I'm not trying to be a hater, but you watch that game and it's just like, uh, this is kind of random, but first time college game day will be there since 96 in Boulder. I thought that was kind of wild. That is. I mean, again, they're, they're this year's Kansas from last year. Just less classy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, Shador Sanders when he was flexing his watch midfield again front of, in front of the Nebraska player is pretty funny. It's cheesy. It's corny. They are so corny. So as we move along in college football, we'll take a look at the Heisman update. We haven't talked Heisman yet in the first couple of weeks. We we are now though. We're gonna take a look at Vegas Insider. We'll see who is the odds on favorite currently. 
Caleb Williams, I think no surprise. Again, USC hasn't really played anybody, but he's putting up big numbers, taking care of the football. Quinn Ewers goes to number two after their big after Texas's big win against Alabama. I think that's deserving, deservingly so. Yeah, I mean, you beat a top. What Bama was three, right? Something like that. In Tuscaloosa, like that's gonna get you some recognition. I don't know if he necessarily has the numbers. I, I couldn't tell you his numbers off the top of my head. But, I mean, I, I get the big win against Alabama, putting him up to number two. Jordan Travis, I truly couldn't tell you who that is. I, I don't get into college football like that. I've told you that. I, I can't balance both. I probably sound like a major casual. If some of you are listening, you are college football fans. I apologize. I don't know who that is. Michael Penix Jr. From the University of Washington. I do know who he is. He's number four. Again, he hasn't really played anybody. I think his numbers are probably a little bit inflated. Just because they haven't played anybody yet. J.J. McCarthy of Michigan. Number five, Sam, Hart- Sam Hartman. Number six. And then you have Shador Sanders at number seven. I think Shador Sanders is going to fall. Not necessarily he's going to play bad. And, you know, Colorado will be bad. But it's gonna, what, what's going to happen to them is what happened to KU last year. At some point, you know, that magic's going to run out. They're going to run into teams that are just simply better than them because it takes time to build a program that has been a dumpster fire. I mean, that's, it's just it's a fact. I agree. Now we talk some KU. Go. Again, they defeated the Fighting Illini of Illinois, 34-23. We watched in the man cave of Big Mont. That man. Had some chicken sandwiches. Fire. And some baked potatoes. Bacon. Very good. Some takeaways from that game. Jalen Daniels' first game of the, of the 2023 campaign. He looked, he looked decent. You could tell he was rusty. Yeah. I believe he went 21 to 29 for over 250. A couple of touchdowns, had an interception. Could have played a little bit more clean. The offensive line could have been a little bit better. I think what stands out is real deal Devin Neal. I really hope he makes it to the league. I think he's a really exciting running back to watch. The defense, I don't like how the defense was letting up. In the late. fourth quarter was pretty sloppy. It was yeah. getting rough. Yeah. I mean, the targeting calls were trash. I, I did see that. And At I, least one of those. I didn't agree with one of those, but whatever. I did see both the players. They tried to appeal it. Both of their claims were denied, and now they are suspended for the first quarter in the game against BYU. I thought it was the first half. One of the, yeah, one of the two. Oh, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong because I was like, oh, that would kind of stink. But that is, that's a big matchup against BYU and missing those guys for those snaps. is you know, it's probably going to hurt a little bit. Well, I thought we played Nevada this week. I thought it's we played at Nevada. Am I jumping the gun? I believe so. Because we still have one more non-con left, I thought. You are correct. I could be. Okay. I was going to say, oh, that'd be so embarrassing if I mess that up. Yeah, you are correct. We were, we were on the West Coast. We played Nevada. 9.30 p.m. game. It's late. Very late. Nevada's trash. 
what their own two. KU yeah. is twenty eight point favorites. Yeah. Think about how many times you've heard that. They got smashed by USC, which, you know. Granted. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> the second team they got beat isn't even beat by isn't even an FBS team, and they got beat at home by them. And you just take a wild guess. It was 33-6. to six. They were at their own place, Idaho. <laughs> They're giving up 10.5 yards of play. Our offense should have a field day. It should be embarrassing. I think just run the football, be smart, take care of the take care of the ball. You have guys like Neil and Highshaw. You don't really need Jalen Daniels to do a whole lot. We have a solid receiving core with Grimm, Arnold, and Skinner. Our tight ends are pretty solid. Fairchild and Casey. Like Jamie Dan- Daniel Dent, Jalen Daniels. Truly doesn't need to do a whole lot this game. I know we watched the whole game, but I didn't realize it. But Hyshaw had 98 yards. And a, quiet. Quietly. And a tutty. And he had a 28-yard run. Very quiet. We kind of have a one-two punch going. We would have had it last year, too. Unfortunately, injuries. or the I believe Daniel Hyshaw had a significant hip injury last year. Yeah, because he redshirted, right? Mm-hmm. Redshirted sophomore. That's where we'll start week three picks with college football. Our Kansas Jayhawks on the road to face the Nevada Wolf Pack. I feel like it's pretty obvious. I mentioned they are 28-point favorites. Hawks forever. I don't like the late West Coast time. That game is probably not going to get over till midnight. Nah, dude, I'll probably be asleep. Yeah. You have work the next right morning. now. Now I work Sunday night. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. I don't I'm like gonna that. get anxious and be like, "Oh, I gotta finish the game. We're gonna lose." So, first college football game in the top 25 this week is tomorrow: Miami versus Bethune Cookman. Miami had a big win against Texas A&M. I picked Miami to win that one. I mean, that one's obvious. I think you put me on that pick. Yes, I did. Miami. I mean, that's pretty obvious. You. Florida State, Boston College. Florida State's 26-point favorites. I think it's obvious to go with them. Penn State against Illinois. If KU just ran all over Illinois, I think Penn State, I think it's safe to say they're going to do the same. LSU, Mississippi State. Might be a good one. LSU is 9.5-point favorites, but Mississippi State's 2-0. It's in Starksville. I think LSU still wins, though. I'm with Mississippi State. Okay. I like that. I mean, that's not a bad pick. Now, I am curious to see which way you're going to lean on this one. Truly, I, if this game could end in a tie, I think you would agree with me that you want it to end in a tie. Is this Missouri, K-State? Missouri and Kansas State. Next. You have one team that has just a completely delusional fan base, and the other... I could care less about the state and the head coach of that team is a complete idiot. So it's really trying to root for one of the other or picking the poison. I I can't tell you. I just hope it gets canceled. K-State's three and a half point favorites. I feel like if you're a betting person, you should probably take that. If you watched last year's game, it was a blowout. 
I think it'd be better to watch K-State lose. I hate Missouri, but I think it'd be better to watch K-State lose. Yeah. How, would... how many Missouri football fans do you know? Not a lot of How many K-State football fans do you know? Oh, they're happy to have their Big 12 championship from last year that they got in the championship game, not outright. But they are, they are thrilled about that one. Not about the Sugar Bowl performance, though. <laughs> that doesn't get talked about. We can't, we can't say much. We can't say much. I mean, we lost. We don't claim to be great, though. No, that is, that is the thing. Like I said, they're a delusional fan base. We don't I'll, claim to be a football school. I'll ride with you. I'll go Missouri. It's in Columbia. Makes me gag to say that, but I just, I just want to see K-State lose. Yeah, I want to see their fans get off the high horse. Utah versus Weber State. Go Utah. Sorry, Dame Dalla. Utah. Central Michigan versus Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame. Yep. South Carolina versus Georgia. That might actually be a decent game. Georgia's 27 and a half point favorites. That's crazy. College tr- football's weird, man. Do you trust Spencer Rattler? I don't know. They gave him those points for a reason. I'm going Georgia. I'll go Georgia. It's in it's in Athens. I don't see Georgia getting upset. Alabama versus South Florida. Alabama's about to. I was going to be bad. They're going to take all that hatred out. Oh yeah. Oregon State versus San Diego State. Oregon State. Oklahoma versus Tulsa. I'm going Tulsa. We uh, there's not very many good games. We need some excitement. Now here's a good one. UNC versus Minnesota. North Carolina narrowly escaped Appalachian State last week. It went into overtime. I think it went into double overtime. It's in Chapel Hill. I'm going to go Minnesota, though. Oh, he's really going to see. North many. <laughs> Northwestern against Duke. I'll go Duke. Duke's in the top 25. I'm going Northwestern. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Western Michigan versus Iowa. Again, there's a lot of obvious picks this week. Ohio State, Western Kentucky. The point spreads are not generous by any means, by the way. Washington versus Michigan State. I think there's a controversy going on right now with Michigan State, so I think Washington wins that one. Oh, it's not a controversy. That dude straight up got fired. Yeah. Washington State versus Northern Colorado. This is not, uh, this is, I'm sorry if this is boring you all. This is. Non-con's pretty tough. Yeah, especially this week three slate. This is not enjoyable. Tennessee versus Florida. Traditional SEC matchup. I'll go Tennessee. I'll go Tennessee. Michigan, Bowling Green. (laughs) Come on. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. Who knows, that might be somewhat entertaining. Ole Miss in Tulane was entertaining. I'll still go Ole Miss, though. I'll go Tech. Make it interesting. I like it. Wyoming versus Texas. Come on. Oregon, Hawaii. What are they, the Rainbow Warriors or something wild? Yeah. Man, that'd be cool if they would win, but nah. And then the marquee matchup, the headliner, Colorado versus Colorado State. Again, as Ryan mentioned, Colorado is 23-point favorites. I might not be 100% on that, but it was something up there. 
No, it is. Yeah, it's 23 points. I think they were a little generous on that to make it a little more watchable or to seem more watchable because college game day. I agree, yeah. Colorado, though. Coach Brown will be 3-0. Or should I say the Colorado Buffalo will be 3-0. It's not all about Prime. Are you going to pick the upset? You're being pretty quiet. Oh, no. I mean... I mean, just... I don't even know, man. Just... The gap in talent is so wide. I don't... I mean, unless something freak were to happen, I don't think there's any way Colorado loses that, right? Yeah, I agree. We can just get into baseball. It'll be a little bit more entertaining than that. Which is sometimes hard to say. I'll just kind of say, dang. <laughs> like 10 times. I'm terrible at this. We'll say week 24 power rankings. Basically the same from last week for the most part. You have Atlanta at number one, Baltimore number two, Dodgers number three, Tampa number four, Houston number five, Seattle number six, Milwaukee number seven, Toronto number eight, Philly number nine, Texas Rangers number 10. Round it off. I think it's pretty accurate. Those are arguably the top 10 teams in Major League Baseball. We won't spend too much time looking at the divisions. We'll see more of the wild card real quick. So the AL wild card is still the same from last week. You have Tampa Bay with 90 wins as the top wild card spot. You have the Texas Rangers at 81. Or Tampa Bay at 90 wins. Texas Rangers at 81 wins. Seattle at 81 wins. And then the Toronto Blue Jays are one spot back of Seattle at with 80 wins. So it's going to be pretty entertaining. Those are all pretty solid teams. Tampa had the hot start to the season. Again, that flame kind of dwindled with the Wander Franco situation. Texas, they've been a nice story this year, and so, as well as Seattle. So the AL West will be interesting. We'll see who wins between the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Astros. The National League, you have Philly as the top wild card team with 79 wins. Chicago with 78. It'd be nice to see the Cubs back in the postseason. I don't know if you... Ryan, obviously you don't follow the Cubs very much. I don't follow baseball at all, dude. I try. I really did try, dude. But the worse the Royals got, the harder it got, and I couldn't do it. I mean, I get it. I just couldn't, man. And it's so hard to watch a game. It takes the enjoyment out. It's hard to find a game. Where are they going to play next season or the year after that? It's just, it's too depressing. So the NL wild card, it it's actually gets really interesting after Chicago. You have Cincinnati at 76 wins as the last wild card team. But you have Arizona at 76 wins, San Francisco at 75 wins, Miami at 74 wins. So that last wild card spot in the NL is going to be up for grabs over the next two and a half weeks because I believe there's less than 20 games left in the MLB season. We can take a look at some of the news going around the league. You have players of the week for week 23. There is Jose Altuve and Matt Olson. Jose Altuve 
of the Astros went 10 for 28 last week with six home runs, eight RBIs, scored nine runs, had an OPS of 1.400. Matt Olson, he hasn't been talked about for an MVP candidate, but I believe he has 50 home runs on the season. He went 12 and 22, four home runs, eight RBI, eight runs scored, an OPS of 1.766. Very impressive week for both of those guys. Some injuries that have happened in on both the AL and the NL side, you have Mad Max, Max Serzer. He is done for the season. I believe he had some kind of strain between his scapula and I can't remember the other medical term. Basically on his throwing shoulder though. I think he was really the most notable injury. Matt Olson again, first one to 50 home runs. Julio, Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners um, now has a 30 for 30 season, 30 home runs, 30 stolen base. Seventh Dominican player to do so and the second Mariner ever to do so. I want to say that maybe Ken Griffey Jr. Could be wrong, I don't know. MVP update, we can take a look at who is the odds-on favorite in the AL. It's kind of up for grabs now that Shohei Otani is essentially done for the year, I want to say. I am curious. We're going to check ACL, out. right? No, he had the Tommy John. Oh. Or he's going to. So that's equivalent to ACL, yeah. but it's on the elbow. So we'll take a look real quick. Have FanDuel Sportsbook pulled up. Ronald Acuna Jr. is still the odds-on favorite to win the NL MVP. Mookie Betts, I think there's a conversation that he could be just as deserving. The AL side doesn't really say. I think they're just assuming Otani has it locked up. There hasn't really been anybody that's stepped up ever since he got hurt. And he hasn't been playing, I don't think. Him and Mike Trout are out of the lineup. The Angels are pretty much just done. But still, Shohei Otani, before he got hurt, was having a special season pitching and hitting. Just the two together. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. That's about all the news as of right now. This is about the time when people are obviously kind of ready for baseball season to end so that football season can truly get going. But the postseason will pick up the excitement, I think. The end of the MLB season, it does get pretty boring. Some players are resting for the postseason. Other teams have already checked out because they're already eliminated. So it's kind of one of those things. We'll wrap up MLB with a Royals update. Really not much to talk about, although they are winning tonight in Chicago against the White Sox, 7-1. to They are currently 45-101. and I think one of the worst teams in Royals history. We are worse than the Oakland Athletics. We are the worst team in baseball this year. If you could see Ryan's face, he... He's not happy. Still sad, even though I don't watch baseball. 
There hasn't been much news from the Royals. They did call up a catcher from Omaha. He played decent in his debut, I want to say, or if not in the series that he came up in. There were a few players that were announced that are done for the season. Ann Rogers is a beat writer for the Royals. She reported that Austin Cox, who's a relief pitcher, has a full ACL tear as well as MCL damage. Not exactly sure how you do that as a pitcher, but he's done for the year. Freddie Fermin had surgery to repair his finger fracture this morning or yesterday morning. He's expected to be healthy by spring training. That's a little bit depressing because Freddie Fermin was one of the bright spots on this team for most of the season. He was the backup catcher to Salvi. I think he has a place on this roster next year. Him and Michael Garcia have been two of the biggest surprises. But just coming down to the year, we'll do our end of the Royal or end of the twenty three campaign Royals review. Again, it'll be pretty depressing. They didn't get a lot of things right. I think the young talent, and I'll talk more about it as we get closer to the end of the season. A lot of the young talent, the players that I expect to be on the roster next year, as well as pitchers, pitching is going to be the biggest turnover. So that's where I leave off with the MLB segment. Ryan, we have time. What is the spooky season question you had for me? And if you guys don't remember, I mentioned at the top of the show, Ryan and I discussed a little bit about fall. And now, what is it? It's spooky season, right? Yeah. So not your first, not your second. Third favorite horror franchise. Third favorite. I'll go. Well, now that's my top one. Can I say what my top ones are and then go to three? Maybe it'll help. Yeah. Okay, so my top one is the insidious one and it's it's almost like it's a it's its own like the equivalent to marvel how they have like this it's it's its own like the universe yeah yeah that that universe the insidious the conjuring and all that i'd say that's up there just because it's crazy how it all ties in together number two i'd say is the halloween series michael myers the new ones a lot of people don't like them they're okay the new reboot and all that. Number three. Maybe Scream. I like that. I like that pick. Maybe Scream. Yeah, I'd say that. I'll go with Scream. There's a few that could be in there, but I'll go with that. What about you, sir? Oh, I didn't think you'd ask me. Number one, Scream. Paranormal Activity. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. We grew up on that, man. I, I can't. I remember sneaking into the theaters to go see it. Every Halloween, man, it'd be that and saw. So what? I said Scream, Paranormal Activity. Probably Friday the 13th. Good ones, too. I've never actually watched any of those movies all the way through, though. Not because I was scared, but just because. Oh, they're spooky. Oh. It's weird looking, dude. Oh, oh, oh. Honorable mention. Child's Play. Yeah, solid. Chucky. What's your favorite scary movie? Dig it. <laughs> what other, you, any more? No. We'll talk more. We'll talk more spooky season as it gets closer to October. We got more. How about that? Okay. 
Well, we hope you guys enjoyed episode 58. We hope you guys, hopefully we give you some betting advice too for this weekend in the NFL slate of games as well as college football. Tune back in for episode 59. We'll see you guys then.